0: in session with Dr. Fadi
1: Tolakwi. Good afternoon and welcome to in session with Dr. Fadi Tolakwi. I'm your host, Dr. Fadi Tolakwi, and I'll be with you for the next 2 hours here on Radio Hamra. Studio number to call in 310-441-0555. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist, so you can call in with any questions related to clinical psychology, including any emotional or psychological issues parenting issues and relationship issues as well. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram or like my page on Facebook to get updates on the show or suggest topics or books for the program and the shows are uploaded at the end of each week to my SoundCloud page and free podcast on iTunes again the studio number 3104410555. Let's go to a caller. Radio Hamra you're on the air.
0: Hi doctor, how are you? I'm
1: doing well, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Good. Thank you so much for asking. Um, I'm calling in regards to my 12-year-old. Okay. Um, honestly, I'm not sure where to begin with, but if you want to ask me some questions, maybe to start off to get my thoughts okay, together. Sure.
1: <laughs> okay, that sounds all right. So you okay. said 12-year-old son or daughter? It's a daughter. Okay. And then do you have any other children?
0: No, she's only child.
1: Only child. Okay. And then are you... Uh, married to the father? You guys, is it intact household? Yes. Okay. We've
0: been married since, yeah, since, um, well, it's been over 10 years we've been married, and she's our only child.
1: Okay, so you guys had her before you were married?
0: No, 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 no. We got married at a very young age. Oh, I thought you said 10, we, I,
1: maybe I heard you wrong. I thought you said we've been married 10 years.
0: Oh, I said well over 10
1: years. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's all right. I was just I was just trying okay. to do the mental math. Okay. So right. let me know. I know you said it might be hard to gather all your thoughts, but wherever you can begin, what, what is it that you're concerned about with your daughter?
0: Okay. Uh, well, she's 12-year-old now, and as you see, 12-year-old, uh, she's in middle school, so mm-hmm. things are getting a little bit complicated at school. And recently, I've seen that she's having a hard time communicating with her friends. And, um she feels lonely because her phone is connected to my phone, so basically, I do get the text messages that she exchanged with her friends. Mm-hmm. I do see that um sometimes I feel like she she's like uh, you know begging for friendship of mm. certain people, and then um she doesn't maybe have too many friends, maybe she's specific about it, and she picks you know certain friends that maybe. Even sometimes they're not the best people to pick. But in general, she's she's a really good kid. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if I'm being worried way too much or uh, there is something that I'm doing wrong or maybe there's something that needs to be fixed.
1: Well, we can look into that. Uh, you know, if, if, As far as something being wrong, you are, or I can't fully answer that. What's more important is how she feels or what she thinks about that, how she feels socially. So you know, there isn't a correct number of friends people need to have or a correct number of time we need to spend. Um, Maybe we can say some bare minimums, but it's really more about how the person feels. So if she feels like I try to make friends and I can't, and that really bothers me, that's an issue. If she feels like I wish I had more friends or I wish I was more popular or I wish I had this or that, then we would want to look into that. But uh, without really asking her, we can't get a real clear idea because it's most important what she feels just like you might have a few friends and someone thinks oh you should have more friends but if you say no actually i like having three or four close friends and that feels really good for me then great mm-hmm. so that we would have to explore with her now one thing i'll say about the text messages i understand you're, you you want to have a awareness or uh, of what's going on with her and her phone but i wouldn't read every single message every single time you know it's okay. i get that it's a protective thing you want to know who she's communicating mm-hmm. with and you know every so often you can check in but i would be wary of literally going through every text message and looking at who what she says what they say that that's a little bit intrusive and get too involved and okay. it might not be comfortable and i'm sure she's aware she knows you see this right well
0: actually believe it or not no she does okay know. that i'm
1: it's not no. okay with either
0: okay yeah okay
1: i think you know yeah. you could let her know because of and, you know, and I talked about this book, The Cyber Effect, a few weeks ago by Dr. Mary Aiken. And, you know, we, uh-huh. we do have to be aware of what our kids are doing online, especially at that age. So I can understand right. your, your concern, but to then basically be spying on her without her knowing, I'm not comfortable with. If you tell her, I just want to be able to see what's going on on your phone because you can explain, not that she has to be scared, but, you know, there's things online that I have to be aware of who you're communicating with. So I'll have that, mm-hmm. but I won't be reading everything. To me, that would be more comfortable than seeing it without telling her because okay. first of all, sooner or later, it could come out and she's going to feel very betrayed and feel that you uh, were basically lying to her or were really you know, spying on her. Um, and then also you might start to reveal things that show you know it too, and it could just get complicated. So I think okay. that would be a good idea, but you know, to, to look at, to, to be aware of that, because I know some parents do that. The kids know, and right. that can be okay still at 12. As she gets older, you want to make those controls less and less and trusts that she's going to take
0: care of herself sorry to break you off but maybe i didn't express it correctly since i got her the phone this was a discussion we had she knows that um you know i look at her phone once in a while she does know that and that she's totally fine with it okay and then i do have the password and you know she has instagram i'm on it you know she knows about it she's comfortable okay but um There is a system that I have on my phone installed on her phone. That's the thing that she doesn't know. Maybe I should take it off then.
1: Yeah, I would either, you know, again, I'm I'm a fan of the transparency and being open because... Again, first of all, I think it's not fair to her to do that. And second of all, one day where she will find out she will, it will feel pretty bad for her that that was the case. But the fact that she knows you look makes it less of a big deal. So it's long like she thinks you know nothing but then you see everything, she knows you check okay. her phone often. But I would just you know be more, more open about that. But you know, going back, you're dealing with uh, – you have an only child who, generally speaking, it's not always the case. But oftentimes, socially, they can have more challenges because they haven't been – Raised with another child or children in the home, that can help mm-hmm. them practice some of the things that take place in social interactions with peers, people their age. They're they're oftentimes used to interacting with adults, which can have an effect. You know, so that's okay. something to be aware of that she might have that that challenge. Um, mm-hmm. Now, socially, was she has she always had some difficulties, or is this something more recent?
0: But this is maybe it's me thinking she does have difficulty because let me go into detail a little bit. Okay. She does have like um, three to four Persian friends that are very close, Mm -hmm. like we're like family friends uh, every single weekend we're together during the week. She sometimes see them. They do have sleepovers, pretty much like sister, like, Mm -hmm. you know, friendship. She does have those. But I feel like in school, um, she wants to be within the popular group, Mm -hmm. maybe, but she doesn't want to express it because this was a con- conversation that I had with her. I said, "Is this something that you want to be maybe popular?" She said, "No." There are popular kids in the school that I do like them, but I feel like their group is a closed group, so I don't feel comfortable like you know going to that group. Mm-hmm. And um, she's specific on who she wants to be friends with. She doesn't like to be um, that kind of kid that you know always is kind of worried about how she's dressed up, goes to school, or what she says, or what she does, she's pretty comfortable on that side, and she's, you know, as long as she looks nice, you know, she does sports, she does play soccer, and she plays in the league, Mm
2: -hmm. and um,
0: she actually does socialize with her friends in the team as well, and they actually all like her, but there is something going on in the school that I don't understand. Maybe I'm being... Worried too much?
1: I don't know. Well, it's it's possible. I can't tell you if you are. Or you aren't. I would, I would hope you can have a dialogue with her. As I was saying, just even at the start, because we have to see how she's feeling and the feeling of at times desperation. Maybe you see in her texts that you're feeling. Uh, maybe that's speaking to something related to self esteem or some feeling she has where people don't want to be her friend or don't like her, you know, enough or don't want to be close to her it's good she has those friends the family friends you're talking about that's wonderful but having friends in school is very different because that's where she spends the majority of her time during the Mm -hmm. week is there so she wants to have that feeling and you know there could be feelings of rejection that come up or other types of things so I would want you to if you can try to create a dialogue with her but make it you know less of an investigation and more of a conversation so right. if you start it with basically I'm trying to figure out what's wrong and what's going on and you must be sad or there's some problem it could make her defensive and it probably won't give her a good feeling but if it's part of a lo- larger context of how she feels at school and what's going on that I think would be a better idea than that to make her feel like I know so she, you know I already know there's a problem and I want you to tell me about it um, so this I
0: would open up in that the way the conversation that we had yesterday okay. We actually did have that conversation, but I feel like the friend that she picks sometimes are not the best people because they um they're more of like controlling mm-hmm. and um she wants she's the person that um let me give you an example like two weeks ago she did have this conflict with her friend, and all she had in her mind that we need to have a conversation and we need to resolve this. I can't just cut off her relationship. She needs to understand and I need to understand we need to resolve it. Mm-hmm. And it has to come with a communication and, you know, conversation. And she had like about two hour conversation with her friend and she came back and she said, Everything is resolved. Now she knows why I got mad or, you know, all that stuff and then everything is okay. Mm-hmm. And she's still friends with that friend. She just doesn't want to give up anything that easy, and she wants to. But that's a,
1: are you, are you happy about that or not happy about that?
0: No, I'm totally happy. I think that's wonderful. I feel like her friends are using her for that.
1: Using her for what? To resolve their conflicts? Or you mean they can hurt her and she'll still forgive them?
0: Uh, Yes, kind of like pushing her toward what they want to do, Mm -hmm. and then kind of use her personality toward the fact that, Hey, she's going to forgive
1: anyway. I see. Okay, well, overall forgiveness is not a bad thing. Now, if people keep repeatedly harming us or even, you know, we can use a strong word like abusing us, that's a problem. But it depends on what we're talking about is is going on. Um, But overall, the idea that she is resolving her conflicts, I think, is a wonderful thing. I always talk about that the parents oftentimes interfere or don't let their kids resolve conflicts or they themselves don't model it with their own family members and they cut relationships. So I'd actually prefer if she wants to go talk and, and talk things out and work on it. I think your concern is that she's allowing her friends to treat her poorly and they assume that they can do whatever they want and she'll eventually forgive them, which which I don't know, that could be happening. Now, another thing I, I that comes to mind, you mentioned that she picks friends that control her. Um, based on how you deal with her phone there seems a possibility that you might be controlling yourself and that might actually create this feeling in her or this dynamic that she chooses people that are that way too. She's used to that kind of relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. Do
1: you think that's a possibility?
0: Um, it could be. And that's something um, that was part of the conversation that I had with her yesterday, mm-hmm. which I also brought up to her because I feel like where I made a mistake, which I did tell her that, I said, this is a mistake I made, and I'm sorry I tried to fix it from now on, is that, you know, anytime that I felt that, you know, she's being friends with a person that is named in the school that maybe is not the greatest person in the school, Mm -hmm. um, I would try to get her away from that person and end their friendship, which I did tell her that maybe that was a mistake, and I'm sorry I did that, maybe I should have taught you how to be friends with everybody, but how to communicate and work to set the boundaries.
1: Yeah, so I mean, you know, the interfering with her friendships, I think, is something I would definitely uh, say you should not do. Give her that space okay. to figure it out. Okay. And that's a common thing parents do. I, I've, I have, you know, I've seen so many kids where the parents solve their problems. The two kids get in a fight, The parents talk or text about it and then they say, oh, you guys are friends again. And it's kind of funny, but that's what they do. So, yeah, you definitely want to let her choose, you know, at 12 years old, especially, I mean, you're saying good kids and bad kids. I mean, I don't think any of them are doing some kind of, like, organized crime or anything so significant. They have to worry about the good and the bad. Let her Uh choose the friends herself and don't interfere too much because that controlling part, it's something that's interesting. I hope you're recognizing that, that if you control her... You teach her this form of relationship. And then when someone controls her in friendship, she doesn't feel like it's weird. It actually feels comfortable and even good for her. And that could be part of what's happening. She's used to being controlled. And, you know, we talk about an only child sometimes having some challenges, as I just mentioned. But being parents of an only child also puts this, uh, maybe I don't want to call it pressure, but sometimes you can almost... Uh, because you're so focused on the only child, you have one child, Mm -hmm. you can focus too much on them. They can get too much scrutiny, control, you know, involvement, where they also need some space. So, of course, parents, we sometimes we're worried about the neglectful parent, and we hear a lot about that. But overly involved parenting can be a big issue too. And so you have to be aware of that, that because she's your only child, you might get too fixated on the ups and downs of her life And get too involved Uh to try to resolve them so and even in hearing you talk i i feel this anxiety in your voice when you're talking about her that of course i know you care about her you're concerned but the overly concerned part is where you could maybe do too much and so think about that so the conversation you know it's about you know this issue is a more of a bigger picture type of thing of just let's talk about things and it seems like you do that and let her talk to you about it and, and keep in mind it's not an emergency you know if she's having a hard time making friends that's okay a lot of us have dealt with that we don't want to ignore it but we also don't want to uh, blow it out of proportion so I would continue okay. talking to her and, and, and I'm glad I was actually going to ask you if she's involved with sports or other activities that's a great way to get even more socializing and they're just good to do anyway so I'm glad she's doing that and she's involved and you're saying she's making friends there um mm-hmm. but this is something you can keep an eye on and I I also again would recommend the phone issue being transparent with her about that
0: okay and one one last question sure. doctor um as long as so as long as she's doing good which she is actually she's part of national honor society which she's so proud that's of great. and we let her know that we are proud of her every mm-hmm. day and actually she should be proud of herself that's what Absolutely. we tell her um that I should not be worried about her activity outside of school. If she has to go out with her friends, I should be open to that. Yeah, and, I uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I think
1: as long as someone is meeting their, their, requirement, their responsibilities, then what they do with their free time, it, absolutely. I mean, al- almost always it should be that case, but especially if they're doing well, then give her that freedom to explore and enjoy herself, especially you're saying you're concerned about her socially, so you don't want to hold her back socially okay. now. You know, she's, and, and At this age, they're going to start, you have to get ready for this adjustment that this is when they want to start spending more time with their friends, especially going out right. with friends, going to the mall, mm-hmm. going to public places right. and hanging out. It's going to be more a part of her social life. And if you don't let her do that, it's going to actually be even harder for her to integrate socially, which is something you okay. want for her.
0: How about her relationship with boys? Um, I remember she brought up that, when is when am I going to be allowed to have a <laughs> boyfriend? How should I answer
1: that? You know, I, I hear parents sometimes say, you can't have a boyfriend or girlfriend till you're 16 or 18, or in Persian mm-hmm. families, 35, you know, but it's, uh, I wouldn't, I don't know if you could, you can talk to her about it, but even if you tell her you can't have a boyfriend till you're, let's say, 16 or 18, she can do it without telling you and have a boyfriend without you knowing. So uh-huh. I would, again, make it more part of a conversation rather than fixating on a rule because the rule doesn't mean much. Um, you know, you can get back to, you, Basically, I would say you can trust her to make those decisions that you always hope she can make sure school and other things are a priority and you're always there to talk to her about anything, uh, but that you leave that to her. You can't, I don't think it makes sense to tell her when she can or can't pretty much do anything, but even when it comes to dating, because if she wants to date and she doesn't want to tell you, she'll hide it. Of course, I know you check her phone, so it'll be harder for her, but still she can find a way. And I wouldn't want you to use that as the phone as a way of being able to spy on her either to say, well, I can have a awareness. I know it's scary for a parent as your kid enters the teenage years and we think of drugs and sex and dating mm-hmm. and all these things that yeah. can freak, freak you out. But we can't make the solution be, we're going to try to control and monitor and see every single thing that's happening in our kid's life. It, it just doesn't work. And giving them that space and trusting as scary as it might be, it is the healthiest thing we can do and figuring out that balance is what's going to be one of your next challenges?
0: Mm-hmm. And one thing that we kind of discussed last night, because she did ask me, then how can I um, know more about it, or how can I get help? She did ask me about that. Of
3: about what is she? A good
0: about having a good relationship or like being better at her relationship with her Mm. friends or doing you know being happy and stuff how about this
1: yeah because you know we're actually way over a commercial break and i do want to let you finish up some of those thoughts and questions so just hang on line let's talk after the break okay Mm -hmm. thank you all right you're listening to in session with dr fatty luck we will be right back Back before the break, we're with the caller. Let's go back to her. Radio Hamra, you're still there?
0: Yes, I'm still here. Okay, so we were again. talking
1: about your 12-year-old daughter who you were primarily concerned about her socially. And then before the break, you were saying she was asking you about how she can get more information or learn about relationships. Uh, maybe you can clarify that for me.
0: Um. About not about relationship, about the fact that we've talked about this, and she, you know, um, it's okay to have friends, and it's okay to communicate. But there is a boundary to that. and she she can't just let all her friends make decisions for her, and then she communicate with them and let it go. and then all you know the whole thing starts again. Mm-hmm. She said maybe she doesn't know better. And we kind of agreed on, um, let me know if we did the right thing. I said, there are many books out there that maybe you can read, because she loves to read Mm books, and she does it every single day. And um, I said, maybe we can find a good book for you to read to learn more about it. And she got happy about it, actually. So... Is that something okay for her to do? Or if it well, is, is there any book that maybe I'm, you recommend?
1: I'm not going to disallow your your daughter from reading a book. That sounds like that could be a good idea. Um, I'm trying to think of what book would be would be good for her. One thing that also came to my mind is your child might be more of an introvert, which is okay. Uh, a book maybe okay. even you can read. There's a book called Quiet. Gosh, I think the author is Susan Cain, if I'm getting the 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 name right Um, but it's about the power of introverts and and our society especially today is very extrovert biased like we prefer people to be extroverts and we think everyone should be um, very outgoing and speaking in public places and wanting to talk to lots of people and make lots of friends and that's not for everyone and that's not just a pure healthy thing it's more about who you are so that might be something interesting for you to look at or even she can but Um, As far as the the relationships, I'm not sure a book for that. But one thing I will say is I hope you even hear in what's happening, the dynamic I felt as you were talking was trying to tell her to do what the right thing is to do, but make sure your friends don't tell you what to do. So again, it's that dynamic I mentioned in the last segment about how it seems that you can be controlling with her And then Mm -hmm. that same dynamic is playing out in her friendship. So you have to be aware of that, that that is something you've actually taught her to some degree, that this is how friendships and relationships go, that people Uh are controlling, and so she's used to it. She kind of um, plays that role that she plays with you. Sometimes when kids see their parents doing something with them, they go act it out on other kids so they can be controlling. Um, But in this case, it seems that she is, continuing her same role with other people, letting them control her to a degree. And you don't like that. So I want you to recognize how you're, rather than focusing on making sure Sarah doesn't do that to your daughter, make sure you're not doing that to your daughter.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. So now when it comes to her dad,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: what's, um, as I know now, she's the age that maybe she should be closer to me and kind of like have more of a closer relationship with her mother since she's, you know, she's a daughter but where does her dad supposed to stand within the picture of maybe talking to her? or um, Because that was a conversation that we always have with um, my husband mm-hmm. in regards to the fact that he doesn't go to her school at all, and, you know, he's not as involved. And I always ask him to maybe get more involved, but um he says that she's the girl and you are the person that needs to be close to her i just have to you know to be there in her life but i can't just be close to her I, that's kind of confusing
1: to yeah me. i wouldn't i wouldn't agree with that i, I that he, because he's the dad and it's a daughter he shouldn't go to school events or school things or soccer games or whatever else i think she he should go to all those things that's not a A problem. Oh, he does
0: go. Okay, good.
1: You were saying the school, though. He doesn't go, or he's not very
0: involved. No, no, he doesn't go for the school. But as far as like the sports stuff, he's there. But
1: okay, that's good. But even with the school stuff, I wouldn't say because he's the father, he shouldn't be involved with her school things, or he has to play this like peripheral role only. Now there could be a Mm -hmm. a concern when maybe the, the the if he was too close with her, especially physically, and you know that could create some unhealthy dynamics but it isn't this idea that he has to keep a lot of distance or not even be close to her because that's somehow bad yeah she can have a closer relationship with you but it doesn't mean it's almost like your relationship with her should be stronger not his with her should become weaker to make that more okay and your relationship Mm -hmm. with her seems if anything maybe too close so him being more involved might be a good thing actually to to lessen your role in her life to a degree so i wouldn't i don't agree with that that he needs to to pull back or not be involved and again it depends on how she feels that does she feel like her dad's involved in her life in a way that she likes it if she feels that he's distant that doesn't feel good and could even contribute to some issues of self-esteem that i was mentioning could be what we're seeing with her friends so um i don't see it as that idea that because it's a he's a male she's female they have to not be very close He can be very close and involved and know what's going on in her life in so many ways so i I hope he he gets more involved rather than less especially like i said because i think you might be too involved with her
0: right okay yeah well i yeah um i really appreciate all your help i think i'm gonna have to work on myself more being less worried about things.
1: Well, it's, yeah, it's hard yeah, not, really not to be, it's less How And how about yourself? What's what's going on in your in your own life? Do you work? Are you a stay-at-home mom?
0: No, I finished my school and I worked for a little bit, mm-hmm. but I figured out that maybe that's not for me and then I'm back to school. I'm studying at BA and I'm okay. pretty happy with it. Good. And um, I do have my own little business myself on the side, but that I kind of like do as a hobby but as far as like working, no, okay. I I'm staying with her most of the time.
1: Well, as long as I, you're you know have your own involvements and and that that's that's good. It doesn't it doesn't have to necessarily be a job. And the reason why I ask that is a lot of times parents because they don't have a lot going on in their own life where they get so fixated on the kids, it becomes a problem. But having your own balance in your own life is a good thing. So that's good if you have that balance. It, it is a very good thing. But the controlling part is something I think you have to be aware of that you're going to have to loosen those, you know, the reins a little bit and let her figure things out more. And it seems like she comes to you and talks to you, so you have that relationship with her. And you're going to have to just right. trust more and more that she's going to make her decisions and hope she makes the right ones or good ones for herself. And, of course, know that sometimes she's going to get it wrong, and that's okay. She's going to make mistakes, as we all have, and through those she'll grow and learn. So that that's not a bad thing. It's actually inevitable that she will get things wrong a lot of times and we don't want to try to correct and fix every single thing it's not going to help her
0: yeah so in that case do you have any advice for me how should i be working myself to be less (laughs) because i feel like i do feel that and i do get that from my husband that i'm way too stressed out about things Mm -hmm. and i just you know want to get um things done otherwise i'll get stressed out about it Mm -hmm. um
1: well, that's I you know, don't know. yeah, I mean it, that's that's a bigger kind of it's hard to give that a quick answer because it's gonna be take some changes that for you, what you're doing feels right and natural or you almost feel like if you don't do it, there's a problem. Uh, but it seems like you that anxiety you're dealing with, you have an anxiety about what she's going through, it's making you react in that way. So of course, you can go to your own therapy as a parent, always working on our own issues is gonna make us a better parent because inevitably consciously or unconsciously, we're gonna, pass those on or our child will be affected by them so that's something to think about because there does seem to be this anxiety oftentimes with what you're describing there's this um, a hard time with negative feelings so you can't tolerate negative feelings even in yourself so you don't want your daughter to experience anything so you see something happening a text exchange and a girl is being a little bit let's say cold to her or rude to her and you overreact to it because you can't even tolerate a little bit of unhappiness or discomfort or whatever else it might be, and you don't, can't even handle that for your your daughter. So that's something to be aware of, is that there could be a feeling of too much concern about negative emotions. Your daughter's going to be sad sometimes. She's going to feel down. She's going to get hurt if she, when she starts dating. She's going to have breakups and rejections and all those things that we all go through, and, and she's going to survive them and be okay. Um, but mm-hmm. I get the feeling you are too concerned with her moment-to-moment feelings Um, and which means you probably feel that way about yourself that you have a hard time with sad or negative feelings and so you're you're taking that out on her of just trying to control everything so that she never feels sad or never feels down or everything works out perfectly and smoothly when that's not life and she doesn't need that and if anything it's going to make her less capable to take care of herself less capable to make decisions in her life Um, so again pulling back is going to be the key for you doing that's going to be hard for you and that's why Going to your own therapy is not a bad idea to, to okay. work on that and to look at that anxiety that it's, I'm sure it's affecting you in other ways, not just in the parenting.
0: Oh, my God. I feel like you're speaking my heart. <laughs> because oh. I, no, because you exactly said how I feel. Yeah. Everything has to be like, you know, smooth and going oh. fine. And um, even in school, when I'm not gonna go to class, I'm gonna blame myself for the next three weeks that I miss that class. Mm. So um, I feel like you. Took yeah, that perfectionism is, like,
1: is gonna hurt you and and your daughter. So yeah, that that's uh, that's 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 tough. You're putting a lot of pressure on yourself with, with everything that you're doing there. So you know that feeling that everything has to always be right all the time. It just makes us constantly disappointed and puts a lot of pressure on ourselves and the people around us. So. Like I said, I think therapy would be very beneficial for you if you've not gone before uh, mm-hmm. and you can get in there and, and if it serves as motivation, it'll make you a better parent too. So I would hope you go in and, and take care of yourself in that way and then in that way you can I, take better care of your daughter.
0: Thank you so much. I definitely will consider my that. my pleasure. I my really pleasure. appreciate your time.
1: It was very nice talking to you. Take care.
0: Same here. Thank you. You too. Right, bye-bye. bye-bye.
1: All right, we've reached our next commercial break. Studio number three one zero four four one zero five five five. We'll be right back. Let's go to our next caller. Radio Hamra, you're on the air. Hello. Hello? Yes, hi, you're on the air.
4: Hi, Dr. Halequi. Um, I appreciate you taking my call. I love the fact that there's a format where we can call and speak English. I am <laughs> an American woman who has been married to um, a Persian man for, believe it or not, 40 years.
1: Wow, we're going to send a, a medal to your home to to, <laughs> to honor you for, yes. for, for that <laughs> putting up with us Persian men is not always so easy okay well I also appreciate you calling I'm glad that this format exists for me to get to speak with you as well
4: yes it, I am a little nervous so bear with me um, no problem I'll start out just giving you a synopsis of what we've been through through the years and um, then if you want to come in or just listen sure. to what I have to say, however you want to work it out. Sure, yeah,
1: go time. ahead. That sounds good.
4: Okay. So I met my husband in college um, 40 years ago, and um, I, immedi- I immediately had a crush on him. I was 19 years old, and we started to go out, and he would come and visit my mother and I, and we developed a re- relationship, and my mother just really loved him, and... Um, He kind of won her over with the beautiful arrangements of flowers he would bring her each time he came to visit. And they both love politics, and my husband's extremely ambitious. And so anyway, a year later, my husband and I got married. But I, I want to say that I really loved my husband. I fell in love with him, and I remember the day I walked down the stairs of the place, the venue that we got married. I said, you know, whatever it takes, you're going to give this your all, and you're Mm. going to dedicate yourself to this new part of your life, because I forgot to mention that my parents, we both came from pretty dysfunctional homes, and my parents had divorced at 15, and it affected me in a really negative way, Mm. and so my goal for myself in life was to um, really create a beautiful home and have a wonderful family, and so as time went on, it was you know, this is 40 years back, so the revolution in Iran and everything was going on. And, you know, uh, he had four brothers and three sisters. And so through this all, he, you know, at 3 in the morning, we'd get calls and this brother needed to come and this sister and this brother. And, and you know, my mother was, God rest her soul, she was really a wonderful person and would encourage me to bring, help these the family because mm-hmm. they were stuck and maybe the brothers would get killed in the war and everything. And so I said, okay, you know, and I tried and so through, through it all, we ended up bringing them all here and, um, the the day after off-
1: Hello. Oh, well, that was very sad. We lost her, um, mid sentence. I hope she does call back. And that we can uh, continue that conversation. I don't know if she's listening, if you are. Hopefully you can call back and we'll get to talk to you. Um, but for now, we'll go to another caller. Oh, actually, hold on. I think we're getting her back right now. Let me just check with Ramon. Is that her? Yeah. Okay, we're going to bring her back on the air. Hello?
4: Yes, I don't know why we got cut off. <laughs>
1: yes, I don't know. It was mid mid sentence you left us all hanging yeah. on your words. Okay. So you okay. were saying yes. you were trying to help help them out and it was a lot of it was a challenge for you guys, but you were helping his family
4: We were helping him. Yeah. His brother moved in with us the day after we got married and wow. and he had you know, he he was fourteen years old and he was fourteen years old and he came and lived with us and we got him in school and um you know, just through the years, all these things had happened. So about every six months we'd get a call and somebody else needed to come. And, and it was just, I think the pattern in our marriage was, is that no matter what, what my desires were, it seemed like his family, you know, they were going to, I didn't mind helping them, let me mm-hmm. say this, but I didn't know that once they got here, I was going to be responsible and I mean there were huge problems and I was only 19 20 years old myself and yeah. like we had just had our first baby the second time the same brother came and he came over here from Turkey and he had this little disease under his skin and I had to give up my baby's room and and then we got these terrible infection in our home and I had to sterilize everything and and you know it just I just never felt I had privacy or the respect from my husband because his family, you know, in my culture, it's like we get married, we get out on our own, we build our lives. We're not our, you know, we, of course, we love and honor our parents and yeah. and uh, we do everything we can for them. But there's a boundary. And here I just felt there was never a boundary. Mm-hmm. And so through all of this, we brought everyone here. I mean, I could go into detail of so many things that would just shock and surprise you but one of the things that happened is his family came to live with me and every time i'd pick up the phone it was like you know your hands are dirty go wash your hands or this is how you do your laundry or the and mm. because i didn't want to cause conflict because i thought they would stay for just a month or two and it ended up being six months you know my husband went to work and because of my own insecurities and family you know, problems, I just thought, okay, it's just six months, Christy, just Mm -hmm. buck it up, and I had my own business, and I was taking care of his parents, and I spoke the language, and I took him to the doctor's appointments, and I did, and did, and did, and did, and Mm -hmm. um, really, Dr. Holiquiri, I just felt it was never enough, and so then this started, my husband and I started to have marriage problems, and, um, you know, I would come home to things like this, them... (laughs) you're going to die when you hear this, but they were actually gutting out a sheep in my basement. And then the next day, she was boiling the fat on the stove and poured it into a plastic bowl. It was a brand new home, ruined my home. I mean, wow. some of my friends would say to me, how did you live through all this? How did you do it? Well, I mean, really, what choice did I have? It was like, you can't be mean and not help people. They were in dire straits. And... But we were just a young couple trying to get started. So, well, it it seems
1: like you know your your kid, your friends. At how did you deal with it, or what could you do? It seems like you expected more from your husband. I get the feeling, um, which we can get into. But what you're talking about is going to take a huge toll on anyone and on any marriage, no matter what. And of course, we're also dealing with some intercultural things at play. Where you come home and they're they're essentially slaughtering a sheep in your home, um, which is beyond shocking. For anyone, I think, but especially for someone who's not familiar with maybe that part of the culture. Uh, But this is going to take a huge toll on you guys over the years. I'm sure it has. And you guys are still 40 years here together. Uh, But I could get a sense of your resentment was starting to build and build and build over these years. Correct. And
4: and I think... And then through the years, I'll, I'll give you this, and then at the end, the reason why I called you today is, you know, I want to state that I feel like I'm in a pretty solid place. Um, I've been in my own personal therapy, and then I go to a woman's group that is a very positive group once a week, and, you know, we're, we've been married for 40 years. We have two very wonderful, well-raised daughters that we're happy with, and two beautiful grandsons and awesome son-in-law. So those are all great things, and I know that. And... Most importantly, I know me now, and that's so important to me. Um, but at the end of this, a few things I want to get out, and I want uh, just to, to, we brought everyone here, and then he had three brothers, and we had a very lucrative business, and what happened was is that these three brothers, they came to visit us, and then they we moved out of that, out of a certain state. I don't want to mention things Mm because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but we moved from one state to another state. And my husband said to me, finally, you know what, we're going to get away from all of this and we're going to start a new life. And, you know, my mother had passed away from cancer and um, his his family were all in a different state. So for about nine months, we had the time of our life. Mm. We were doing so wonderfully. It was the first time in my whole life that I felt like, wow, you know, I, I'm i in charge of my own little family. I'm mm-hmm. having so much fun, and our business was building, and it was very lucrative. And then they came for visits, and then it wasn't long before, oh, it's cold here, oh, it's this. And then all of them ended up down here. And the other t- three brothers went together and went into the same exact business that my husband was in and took some of our major clients. And after all those years of sacrificing and going through, I mean, he, one of his brothers had cancer, and he went to Turkey and pulled him out. He pulled his other brother out who, you know, was in dire stress. I mean, all of them. We brought all of them here. And uh, they basically took our business away, and this spiraled my husband into a huge depression. He had a little sister that was disabled mentally, and I took her to therapy. I got her in with the best therapist, and she ended up. She wouldn't even talk. She couldn't talk. She couldn't come out of her bedroom. She tried to commit suicide five times. I took her to the best therapist in our state. Mm-hmm. I checked with all the people that I know, and I you know I know enough, and so I got her into this wonderful woman who got her on her feet she's happy she's talking with people now she goes to college she gets a permanent disability so anyway through it all these are the things that we have gone through and um about five years ago it it just it came to a head for me i was diagnosed with stage three um Mm -hmm. cancer and it was a female cancer that was very aggressive and the first thing i thought when i was diagnosed was man you know i gave my whole life mm. to these people and this is what i'm getting back this is huge for me and i felt so resentful because it seemed like i it seemed like they treated me as if i were a foreigner and they they really didn't you know dr holoquey they didn't send me one flower one note one card, and they knew that I was sick. And that's disrespecting their son, their two nieces. Mm -hmm. And all of these things, I finally said, enough, you are not going to get anything from this relationship. And so I truly walked away from it. And that was the most... It was the most freeing thing that I've ever done for myself in my life. And, you know... Mm -hmm.
1: What do you say walked away from the relationship, walked away from his. All of them. Okay, I everyone said, else. Okay.
4: I'm done. I cannot risk my life because my kids want me here. My grandsons love me. Mm-hmm. And I even. And we also separated, my husband and I, about after I got through the first six months of, of my chemo. And so about two years after that, honestly, Dr. Holokwe, my husband is so full of anger and pain. And. Towards his
1: family? Yeah.
4: or Towards his family. Yeah. We were apart for 18 months. Let me reiterate oh. that we were apart for 18 months. But during that time, as I told you, I went to therapy. I got myself on my feet. And I really started to know who I was. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but I don't think that my, my husband is still in a place of... I think he just feels so hurt and betrayed and... I don't think he'll ever really get, but he, he goes to therapy, he listens to your father all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we go to several of his events together, but to me, I don't know, it's not enough. He has to understand that what he's looking, and I also want to say I think that they got the message that my husband always gave them what they wanted mm-hmm. and and that we as a team gave them what they wanted, but if it, if they could see that I wasn't really for it, They could still work it out to where, you know, because he, sorry, there's one thing that I left out, and it's the hugest thing out of it all, is my husband's been carrying this guilt around, and this is, like, probably going to shock you, but when he was six years old, he was outside, and I guess in Iran in the old days, they used to put potatoes under ashes. And... So his little sister that was three and he was six was outside playing, and her dress caught fire, and she burned. And three Mm -hmm. days later, she died. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Hawley, after she passed away, his mother said, you know, would go out at night and cry at this really dangerous cemetery, and it scared him, and he'd beg her not to go. Mm -hmm. And then she would say, when he would want to take the other kids out, she'd say, don't murder that one like you murdered (sighs) your little sister, and oh, wow. and they called him Ali Ascara, I guess there was a, a serial killer over there by that name, and my wow. husband's always, to me, it's like he's always tried to prove to them that he's not bad, because yeah. he's carried this guilt of killing mm-hmm. his little sister.
1: Well, I mean, Which he didn't do, but yeah, but his, the feeling he has is that he, he did, do. but yeah, I mean, that might explain this, where it's almost like anything goes now, as far yeah, as like, anything they want, he has to give them that feeling of guilt is driving that. And then, of course, it came on to you, and you took on that burden. Maybe even the way you described it, at least, you took on more of that burden because you were home, and, of course, that's going to have an effect. Now, we're at a commercial break, but I definitely want to continue with you. You gave me a lot of the context, especially about his family. But maybe after the break, we can get even more into your relationship with your husband and what's going on there and explore that a little bit more. How does that sound? That's fine. Okay, great. All right. You're listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Drolokwi. We'll be right back. come back we're with someone before the break let's go back to her caller are you still there yes I'm okay still here. Thank good you. all right so you were you're sharing about uh, your experience with um, your husband or with and also unfortunately so much with his family over the past 40 years uh, and oh. how i'm sure that's ta- i can't imagine it didn't take a toll both on you and the, the marriage and clearly it did and especially i think once you you, you were diagnosed with cancer there was that recognition of you were giving too much and not getting anything back or getting enough back. And also I'm sure the thought of how much stress it put on you and if that affected your health, which is very sad to think about, but maybe that was the reality. Um, and then you said you guys separated for about 18 months. When did you get back together?
4: Um, well, we've been back together for about, I would say a year now. And during the 18 months, we started to see each other six months after we were separated. Mm-hmm. And um, we started to go to therapy, um, and that helped. Because this time, Dr. Holiqui, I wasn't going to do anything wrong. I mean, I I either had to face the fact that, you know, I was dealing with the cancer still, because my cancer treatment went on for two full years of chemo. It was a very aggressive cell, and... So at that point, at this point even, which, thank God, I was just, my doctor just hugged me two weeks ago and said, you're cancer-free, you're cured, go wonderful. away and don't come back. So that's, <laughs> yes, congratulations. That's yeah, thing, sure. Yes. And, but still, it's always hanging over your head, so you have to mm-hmm. try to keep yourself together. And so, so we got back together about a year ago. Okay. And things between he and I have improved a lot. But I see that there's always a black cloud over his head. And to me, in our last therapy session, our therapist said, you know, you're looking for something that's not there.
0: Mm. It's just,
4: I think he's still trying to prove that he didn't kill his little sister. I
0: think he's still,
4: because even over my wishes, he, you know, he, I, his mother is great at manipulating and controlling. And the kids that are still with her, two of the sons. One son just died about two years ago, and the other son has nothing to do with with um, that side of the family anymore, his mother and, and siblings, and his wife, which his wife and I, oddly enough, are still very dear friends, and she did so much to help me through my illness, mm. and uh, we truly have known each other for 19 years, and in spite of all this dysfunction that went on, and, you know, they basically treated her the same way. She did as much for them as I did and her husband we all sacrificed for all of them and anyway it's such a it's such a troubling story it mm-hmm. honestly even when i repeat it dr holosley it brings me down oh, I'm but sure. i made myself call you today hmm. well i'm glad
1: you did but i'm sure it's not easy to talk about all the pain i just don't yeah. want
4: my husband to go through it anymore i he yeah. has you know we have these beautiful grandchildren two ivy league graduate daughters uh, uh my son-in-law's educated and Ivy League grad lost you know, he's a lawyer. I mean we just everything we have all this beauty in our life Mm -hmm. and I still see he you know, I just I I just want to be done with I want a solution. I want you know freedom from this so that we can take whatever precious years we have mm -hmm. left to enjoy and really the beauty of this life and see the
1: beauty
4: of the, mm-hmm. of the trees and the wind and all the gifts that God's given us. I mean, why not? This yeah. is our time. We're an older couple.
1: Well, I mean, and, and always that hopefully would have been what you guys had, and I, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense, and I, I would want that for you guys as well. I'm sure he does too. And when you say, okay, I want us to be rid of this, is it that, that dark cloud or the way he feels? And that guilt that he carries? Uh, the dark
4: cloud, the, and just You know, he has a lot of hatred towards them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he just, I think it's just in every residing moment of his day. I think in the back of his mind, and I'm not saying that I'm done with it in the fact that sometimes when he would go visit his mom, I promise you, Dr. Holkley, every time he came home, there was a cloud over his head. Since he came back, I don't say to him, first of all, I have never said to him, don't go see them, don't have anything to do with them. That's not my business. They're mm-hmm. his family. Mm-hmm. If my mother were here, even though I'm still angry over issues I had with her, I would go visit my mother. This is not my place. Mm-hmm. As long as he puts me first and our family, they're still his family. But do you, his, and do
1: you feel like he does that? He puts you first? He,
4: um, I don't think he's well enough to put, you know, I don't think my husband's well enough to even put himself first. Yeah. I don't think he's I think he is in a very, the one thing that he does is listen to your dad's show from morning to, you know, however mm-hmm. long it's on. And mm-hmm. he listens to Persian music a lot. And lately he's made the comment that, you know, I don't even hear music anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't. And I said, honey, that is such, I mean, I love him, Dr. Hall. Yeah, sure. it sounds I like you I do. can only make me better. I can't. Of course. I know he has a deep-rooted love for me. He has mm-hmm. an appreciation for me but I don't think he has the kind of love that I deserve as a wife, because I do, I think his mother was so manipulating and controlling, mm-hmm. and, like, she would say things to me like, you uh-huh. know, you know, you know how you say we have one chest, but two, you know,
3: uh-huh.
4: one heart, but two chests, and she'd lock her fingers together, and it was always laying on the floor and playing sick, and I even think that even when it came to me getting sick, he doesn't realize the depth of cancer, he doesn't get it, because Hmm. he has so much resentment, like, if a girl would flirt with him in Iran, and, like, they have the rooftops, and there was a pretty girl across the street that would flirt with my husband, which is normal, hey, you Hmm. know what, it's okay to be flirted with, you're not doing anything terrible, it's just human nature, and she'd take a big rock, and she. Threw it across the, the couche at this girl and broke her window and called her a name and embarrassed my husband so terribly. And just all these stories that he's told me throughout the years, it literally breaks my heart. Yeah. Because well, I do love him. Oh, I'm, it sounds
1: like you do. And I think he, you know, he that you've been with him 40 years means that you love him and you at least feel some kind of love from him. But as you said, it's hard for him to love even himself. Um, the deepness of the guilt he seems to be carrying is something, you know, from six years of age and the way you describe his family, unfortunately, that wasn't the first trauma he experienced. Maybe that was the most significant one, but I'm sure he was constantly feeling a lot and dealing with a lot. So we have to recognize that he's had to deal with way too much. And for him to even feel okay is really not easy. So I know you said you wanted a solution, but um, of course, you're going to therapy together, that's great, but he likely needs long term therapy of his own individually. Has has he done that before?
4: We and here here's another thing, like he thinks by you know, he might be mad when he you know, if he listens to this or I don't know, but the thing is is he thinks going to a therapist once a month for our marriage is good enough. Or he thinks by listening to your dad's program he'll get better. And I try to tell him, no, honey, you need to get in. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm hoping that maybe I can get some suggestions from you or your dad, something to try to get him the help that he needs because he needs a good therapist that can deal with, you know, because he's not going to be better until he gets better. No, he needs. And, to, yeah, I
1: mean, and he needs to hear that. That, and even he, he- listens to my my father, and he would undoubtedly i'm sure i don't want to speak on his behalf tell him that just that listening to him is good and can help but he needs to work on himself which he can't do from listening to other people talk he has to go in and talk himself and explore that guilt that he seems to carry that affects him every day and even affected you because of the guilt he felt that he had to take care of everyone in the family and sacrifice everything for them because he owed them for the rest of his life he killed a daughter or killed his sister and so he owed them, which was never the case. And the way they dealt with it, it was just horrible. The mom saying, don't murder another one of my kids and calling him names of a serial killer is just unbelievably just shows that her dysfunction is is really extreme. So him living with her his whole life, of course, he didn't learn love. He didn't learn to love himself. Um, you're saying you guys fell in love and I, I hope he was able to express that love to you. But he's going to need some help. Now, I know you asked for a solution, but you might have to recognize that he might not ever fully heal, so to speak. So he might not ever just become this very calm, loving man with no none of this. This is who he is to some degree. Doesn't mean he can't mm-hmm. get better, but this this is your husband and this might be him. Uh, I would right. urge him to get help because he really deserves it. I always put it in that language. I prefer saying someone deserves it rather than needs it, but he really deserves help. I mean, he's been carrying this guilt for maybe close to 60 years of a crime he never committed. And of course, not only was it a crime he never committed, but for him, even just losing his three-year-old sister at six was a trauma, let alone forget that he was blamed for it. But that's just such a painful loss for a child to experience. And then, of course, on top of that, to be heaped onto that, the guilt that you actually did it, you were responsible, which is horrible, just breaks my heart. Uh, You know, that's, of of course, affected him so deeply. So that that dark cloud you see over him, um, it's not surprising. It's sad. I'm sure it's painful for you to see it. And you do deserve more from him. But he might be giving you the best he can with who he is and how he is right now. So I would urge him to get help. Even medication might be necessary for him because I think the severity of his depression, it, it seems really strong. And that could help him at the beginning, but then through therapy to go through this process. He, he's not going to get healed by listening to others or even reading the best books from, in my opinion, he's going to need his own individual therapy. I'm glad he's coming with you because that could open that door. Um, but I would right. really focus on that and, and look at that possibility because it's not going to go away. I mean, it hasn't gone away for 50, 60 years, and it's not going to disappear magically. And I'm glad right. you guys are, you know, a little bit more distant from his family at least you are maybe you guys can have something more together Um, but also you guys maybe didn't because of them being there it also took up so much space that you guys didn't really get to have your relationship either for good and bad things by that I mean um, maybe it didn't get let you guys see that there were some issues you guys had because the family was always involved and of course it also didn't let you guys be together and enjoy each other so I think without him getting therapy it's very unlikely things are going to change or that he's going to get past this. And I would just urge him that he deserves to get help. He, he went through way too much. No one deserves what he went through. No one deserves what you went through either. So I don't want to minimize that. But in talking to him, no one, you know, deserves to go through those, those things that he did, and they're not going to go away. And he deserves to feel better. And if he listens to my father, my, my father regularly tells people to go to therapy when they call in, he doesn't say, just keep listening to my show, and you're going to get better. Because he knows All right. that although listening to shows like mine or his or other people's can be helpful, it's not going to heal those deep wounds that we have within ourselves. That doesn't just happen. So, you know, if he's actually, you know, I think it's interesting. A lot of people listen to, to my father and myself and they just listen, but they don't always act on what we say, which I know is easier said than done. But if he's truly listening to my father and actually hearing what he says in listening, I think it's very clear that he would know that he would expect or want for him to go to therapy to deal with this, that he he would have to do that. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, you know, but unfortunately we can't make someone see something they don't see or accept something they don't want to accept. We can try to guide them there or communicate with them, but, you know, we can't force them to see the light. And I, I hope he will, because I think it'll be good, obviously, for both of you.
4: Yeah. It would definitely open up doors, and, you know, I'm not saying that he's, you know, there are things about him that are loving and kind and charming, and, and, you know, he's the best grandpa, the best father, and he's always said himself, I was the best son, the best this, and, you know, which I don't agree with, because I think it was a highly dysfunctional situation, but he, in his eyes, he thought he was loving towards everyone, but he's... He said, I don't mean it to be insulting to you. I just wasn't the best husband. Mm. And he's right. He wasn't, you know, I'm sure I wasn't the best wife. We were making mistakes together. But I think without, my mother had terminal cancer and died. Mm. And then, you know, my father fell apart. And I, you know, it was just a stressful time. We didn't, I don't even have pictures of my second daughter, which, because we were so stressed out all the time. And so I really just lost myself, like you said, in the confusion and was just, You know, kind of, and now at this point, it's like, hey, look, I might not even be here. So, what do I have to lose? I'm going to enjoy everything that I have in my life. And if my husband wants to come along for this ride and make it joyful, I want to be here because I'm committed to this man. I love him. I don't know that he loved me when he married me, I don't really think he knew what a female type of love was. And I came (laughs) to that understanding through my own personal therapy, my own journey and that's okay because i know he loves me as much as he can but since we are together let's try to make it better and don't worry about the money you know persian men are all about making the money but they don't at least i'm not trying to stereotype
3: (laughs) no that's okay
4: (laughs) but yeah i i know that you guys really know how to make money but you know some he's you know it's always about the future and holding on to it which i appreciate too He's yeah many things i've my husband and i have learned together and i appreciate those things about him but therapy is the best way that we as a couple go to therapy at least twice a month i'm willing to go less but i think we need twice a month and he mm-hmm. needs to go every week
1: well i think you go, even even therapy i think even you guys can go more but individually he, he needs to go every week for a while and yeah. you're right and different people are different and maybe he in general you're saying he doesn't like to spend but of course when people don't want to do something it's becomes the money becomes even bigger and they can use it as an excuse so i don't have time i don't have money those are classic things people say for a lot of things sometimes obviously there's truth to it but very often it's used as part of the excuse that oh it's it's not because again the value has to be there and he doesn't value it enough or is afraid to see the value that it could help him so it's too much money for something that's not worth enough in his mind but i think he deep down i think somewhere he does know that he's so resistant to it also something for you to keep in mind is how terrifying it must be for him to actually go to therapy, to face all of this. Um, So have some compassion for him there that you're right. I hope he'll do it. And I'm not saying because of that, he shouldn't do it, but he likely is is terrified. Imagine having to face that guilt or face those memories uh, very strongly, very clearly. It's not going to be easy for him or it's, it's very scary. So we know it's not going to be easy for him. We know he's going to be very resistant. So try your best. You've been patient 40 years. You've been with him. So I understand i asking you to be more patient. might seem unfair when you've already been so patient and you feel like maybe time is in some ways running out or you want to enjoy whatever time you guys have left. Um, right. but I would hope you can hold on to that patience and continue to recognize this is going to be tough. Things can and, and will get better if you guys work on them, but mm-hmm. that it's not going to be easy for him. I don't expect him to just just hop into therapy all excited he, he's gonna have a tough journey ahead of him and you have to even be ready if he does decide it i hope he does to go to therapy that dark cloud might become darker bef- before it gets lighter right he's gonna well, be he facing did so go to much
4: therapy after we broke up excuse uh-huh. me for interrupting okay he did no, go and he told me it got so painful christy yeah. it, he said because i think when we broke up for about six months he just went into like he needed it you know yeah. and and i don't even resent that i I learned a lot when I was on my own. It was the best time for me. And I learned a lot, and I empowered myself. And he had just six months of just bliss, like he was just in a different world. And I think he really needed that. Mm -hmm. Then he started to go to therapy, and he said, "Do you know, all of it came back to me. And I got so depressed. And so I agree with you. I think you're absolutely right. I do think it's going to be a painful process, Absolutely. but one that he has to go through, yeah. and I can be patient through that. Okay, I can good. do anything I can do to support him through it. I would be willing to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, I just want to see progress, so that you know, we, I have to see that we're going to be able to enjoy each other in our own little family, rather than, sure. you know, have them interrupting still, even though they're not a part of our lives. So. Um, yeah, yeah your
1: guys' relationship has to become the priority but the patient it's going to be tough but can you know I hope you can continue to be patient with him as you've been and you've done so much and I'm glad you've gone to your own therapy and I'm sure you've recognized a lot of what you've been through and what you even put yourself through because at some level you can take responsibility for maybe you right. felt like you had no choice but you you did what you you thought was right and that this is what has ended up happening but you know your, your husband you you love him and that's that's important, but it's going to take some work from him to make things better, and I hope he'll do that. And I hope you'll be patient with him through that this time. But thank I you. I definitely will.
4: And I just have one question as far as relationship with his family goes. Do you think that that's a good good that I've set that boundary and not? You know, I I just I don't really feel any guilt over it, but I just wanted a professional opinion. I know, I've taken a lot of your time. No,
1: that's fine. I, I I'm glad I got to speak with you. And you know, I, it's hard for me to give a a black and white answer to that. I think you had so much pain and resentment. It was almost like a black and white thing, though. You you were giving them way way too much, and then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I don't want you at all involved. And maybe the way they are, they you describe them very poor with boundaries. So it might be hard to have a little bit of a relationship with them. So it might be possible. There could be some future where you you do get not close to them but closer or have some kind of relationship with them. Maybe once your husband also is in a better place. But I think it probably feels too risky for you. One, you're just so angry with them, but two, risky to even let them in a little bit because you're afraid they're going to come in all the way. That maybe that, yeah. that was a decision that works. But then, it, you know, we have to be aware that that could affect your relationship with your husband because it creates a space. Not that it might not be the best solution, but, you know, with him being in relationship with them and you not, it creates a kind of space between you and your husband, uh, where there's this part of his life that you're not involved with or part of him that you're not involved with. But he also right. has to evaluate his relationship with them. So it, it's, it's complex, but I'm glad you guys are getting help. And I hope you guys continue to do so. And I hope he starts to get help, too.
4: Thank you so much. Thank you so much for calling.
1: Likewise. You You have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye bye. Have a Merry Christmas. You too. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. We've reached our commercial break. Studio number 3104410555. We'll be right back. let's go to another caller Radio Hamra you're on the air hello yes hi
5: yeah hi Dr. Freddy.
1: hi how are you
5: uh, I'm good, good. Um, Dr. Um uh, my son would like to talk to you he's 15 15 he okay old? yes and um, I just give you a brief about him okay and then uh, you can talk to him. Sure. Uh, he was willing to talk to your father, but uh, he told me his father is okay, but he told me when it comes to expressing himself, he's better in English.
1: That makes two of so us okay. that's
5: why. Yeah. Uh, his father and I separated about six years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was very active in uh, elementary school and middle school, um, playing the sports basketball, and grades were all good, uh, but uh, starting summer that he was going to first year high school, as a freshman, he started to have his um, OCD and, um, and uh, depression. Mm-hmm. So I called your father, and because um, his aunt, has OCD and she's on a medication for many years. Uh, your father suggested me to take him to a, um, a psychiatrist, and uh, now he's, he's on a medication, Zoloft, 100 milligrams, mm-hmm. and uh, he's seeing a therapist every week. Uh, but he's angry, breaking things, punching walls, doors, so everything is broken in my place. And um, recently, he's got into a problem at a school. He's got caught with two other kids in a bathroom, um, having some, I don't know, stuff that they smoke marijuana with. Mm-hmm. And um, and he's got suspended from school. Uh, so I talked to him, and I asked him for how long he's been doing this, and uh he was kind of honest uh with me and he he told me uh like about once a week sometimes uh he's doing this and um no, they put him in a program he has to take this uh this session for six weeks and get actually get certification from that so he can go back to school and stuff like that but um but um uh, the the thing is that when I ask him to be open and uh, talk, uh, he wanted to talk to you, and maybe maybe you you can start the conversation, and I'll open up the conversation, and he'll be engaged and uh, talk to you. So okay. any question if you have for me i would answer before
1: uh uh, maybe i should just talk to him Uh, i might as well just talk to him yeah that's so he so he wanted to talk to me as long as he wanted to i'm i'd be very happy to talk to him sure yeah
5: i guess he wants to talk to you okay okay so hold on please thank you so much
1: thank you hello hello hi how are you doing
2: I'm good. How are you?
1: Good, good. So, I don't know. Were you able to hear what your mom was saying? Yeah. Okay. So, she gave me a little bit of a, a background about you, and you said you were, you wanted to talk to me. So, do you agree with your mom's assessment of you and what's going on?
2: Uh, I mean, yeah.
1: Okay. So, she was concerned. She brought up the smoking marijuana, but also the anger, and that you, you know, break a lot of things. I
2: mean, I punch the
1: door a lot. Punch the door a lot. Okay. So what kind of things get you angry?
2: Uh, just about anything.
1: Okay. So just anything could set you off?
2: Yeah.
1: But is it usually related to to friends? Is it... If you're doing something and it doesn't go your way, what what kind of things?
2: Probably, yeah. If I'm doing something, it'll go my
1: way. Or, uh, yeah, that's about it. Okay. Mostly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so... Like, what kind of things do you do at home that might not go your way, playing video games, talking to friends?
2: Nah, it's all, mostly OCD-related.
1: Oh, okay. So, like, yeah. do you have certain rituals or things that you do or certain? Yeah. Okay. Can you tell me a bit about those?
2: Uh, No, I don't really tell anybody about that. But...
1: Okay. So you keep it to yourself. Yeah. But and that also tells me it's not something you feel so good about.
2: Yeah,
1: no, I don't. Yeah, do you, do you talk to your friends at all about it?
2: No, nah, they don't. know.
1: Okay. Oh, so your friends don't even know that you deal with this, with OCD?
2: None
1: of them, know. Wow, okay. Must be must be hard to hide it sometimes. Yes,
2: yeah, sometimes.
1: Yeah, does it ever affect you from hanging out with people or going places?
2: It used to, but it hasn't in a while. Okay. Since I've been on the medication.
1: Okay, so you think like the medication has helped, but still it's something you're dealing with? Um. Yeah, okay, and what about the therapy? Do you think that's been helpful? Not really. Not really? Okay, why not?
2: I, mean, I don't know the when they try to, I don't know, trying to figure out Why I have it it's kind of like I don't know. It's just not helpful. The medication is helpful, but I feel like the therapist is just we're just kind of talking But not really getting anywhere.
1: hmm Now one thing I'll say And your mom hopefully is listening too. Especially for OCD, it's important to go to a therapist who specializes in OCD because it's it's kind of a unique issue to be dealing with. And sometimes the traditional types of therapy actually can be harmful rather than even helpful. So I don't know if your therapist specializes in OCD and especially working with teens with OCD, but that's something I would really, really consider because, again, sometimes it can even backfire the therapy it can hurt more than it helps if the therapist is not an expert in that that area so that's something for you and your mom to keep in mind now i know we just started talking but because i uh started the segment kind of late we're at a commercial break and then i'll have about 15 minutes after the break that we can talk a little bit more because i want to get an idea of what's going on for you and, and maybe what we can figure out together okay all right all right so i'll talk to you in just a few minutes You're listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Delacqui. We'll be right back. back before the break we were with the caller let's go back to him now caller are you there yeah okay all right so we were talking for the break so your mom said you wanted to to call in yourself is that right uh yeah okay so let me know what what did you want to talk about
2: well when uh i got caught up at school with the stuff Mm -hmm. um we had a we talked for a little bit and i was telling her that like if i'm being 100 percent honest i didn't see like Obviously, I saw a problem with that at school, but I didn't see a problem with, you know, smoking marijuana in general. And she was like, I know we talked for a little bit, and we wanted to come to a, like, deal where if I promised to, like, let's say, like, only do it once every week, once every two weeks, and I keep my grades up and all that, and, um, I like, she she would, like, allow it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you, like, what you thought of that.
1: Well... You know, I'm not going to say that smoking weed is good for you and I want to encourage you to do it. I also know that if your mom tells you you can't do it, you might find a way to do it anyway. So, yeah. uh, you know, that, that's kind of the issue, that you're going, to kind of, you're going to make your own decision. Now, doing it at school and getting in trouble, that's definitely something that's not okay. No, yeah, that I agree with. That's not, mm-hmm. yeah, that's bad. Yeah, but. and before I talk about that, specifically like, that agreement you guys are coming to, how, how are your grades? How are you doing at school?
2: Currently, not too good, but okay. I'm trying to bring them up.
1: Okay, so you're not holding up your end of the bargain before it even starts so far. Yeah. Okay. W- what's going on there? Why do you think you're you're not doing so well in your grades?
2: Uh, I just wouldn't be doing my work that I should be doing.
1: Okay. So what uh, what's and that, that's an issue for a lot of people. What's getting in the way for you? Are you not motivated?
2: Um, yeah, I'm just not motivated.
1: Okay. So what what are your thoughts on your own future?
2: Um, I
1: don't know. Okay. Okay, that's not going to probably lead to you being that motivated, because what I'm hearing is you might just want to do well in school so your mom lets you smoke weed, which, you know, is not going to be a good long-term solution. But so what do you see yourself doing in the future? Do you ever think about a career or what you want to do for work?
2: Um, yeah, I do. Okay,
1: so what do you think you want to do? Uh, music. Okay, like what sing or rap or produce
2: yeah, uh, produce and rap
1: produce and rap, okay, um, and as you might know, it's not the most consistent career choice, so it, it is a little bit tough to say that that's the only option I'd want you to keep in mind. Um, do you currently do music right now? Yeah, okay, so what do you do?
2: Um, I mean well i mean i I write and I uh, sometimes go to the studio. And record,
1: okay. And then you put it online.
2: Uh, I I've had a feature come out. Everything else, I'm kind of saving up for a project to put out later on, like sometime upcoming months.
1: Okay. All right. Um. So I mean, seems like you are putting in some work there. I would say at the same time, focusing on schools is going to be a good idea, just because it's never going to hurt you to to learn and do well there, and at least for the time being it'll smooth your relationship with your mom a little bit um, but you know I can understand her being concerned because we're talking about you are punching walls th- that's that's an issue you said it yourself you're punching things it's a little bit of a concern so we got to we got to work on that too
2: yeah
1: um so when you think about that what where do you think the anger comes from other than you said when the OCD when stuff doesn't go your way
2: uh-huh. I guess I always had, like, pretty bad temper. So if something sets me off, I just, I go off.
1: hmm So is it, how, what's your relationship like with your dad right
2: now? It's okay.
1: Okay. So, but you live with your mom, but you see him every so often?
2: Uh, I see him, like, maybe maybe once a week.
1: Okay. Do you think there could be any anger there?
2: There, yeah, there is.
1: You're angry with him?
2: I mean... It's not like I'm angry with him or I'm going to show it, but, like, like there's always going to be some kind of anger I have towards him.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you feel like he he let you down in some way? Kind of. Okay. How did he do that? He left. So he left the family? Yeah. Okay. I could see how that would make you very angry.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, is that something you talk about in your therapy?
2: Oh uh, yeah, sometimes.
1: Okay. Um... Now, I get the sense that maybe part of your reason for wanting to talk to me was hoping I could help in figuring out this agreement with your mom.
2: Part of it, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, I think maybe I, I can get a sense that was maybe most of it, which which is fine, I can understand that. But um, that's something you guys you know, going to have to figure out, and I'm not going to give you guys just one solution because it has to make sense for both of you. Like I said, and if your mom's listening, you're going to smoke or not smoke if you want to, more or less. You can say, for example, you can't smoke in the home, but... Um, Doing it outside is gonna be up to you. You know, there's this idea that some people have that smoking weed is not harmful at all. That it's like totally not okay. And then there's also some people that think it's the worst thing in the world, and it's gonna lead to a lot of bad things, and it's gonna to mess you up really bad. And I don't think it's really either of those things. So it's not like it's harmless, because it does have effects, especially when you smoke from a young age, and if you smoke a lot. Um, but it doesn't mean if you smoke, your life is gonna be bad, or you're gonna have some huge. You have to have problems related to it. So if your mom's listening to that, that's just something, you know, for her to hear too, but for you to be aware of that too. I know a lot of people of all ages will just say, oh, it's like, it's a plant or it's natural, so it can't hurt you, but that's not the case. And more research has to be done to understand it better, but it can have a negative effect on your development, on your brain, on the way you live your life, all of that. So I want you to be aware of that. Okay, That it's not something that it's harmless completely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and also I'm worried about the the way you talked about your future. I don't know if it was that you didn't want to tell me about music, but it was as if you didn't really think much about it, and that's a concern for me too.
2: What do you mean?
1: Well, I mean, you know, you said, I said, what do you want to do with your future, and you're kind of like, I don't know, like I don't really think much about it. Was it that...
2: Well, it's because I know. I know for sure. It's just that I'm hesitant to give that answer to people because... They're kind of like, oh yeah, that's that's not gonna work out, and that's just how they kind of see it. Mm-hmm. So I, I usually just don't give them an the answer. I'm like, sure. You know, I just, it's myself. Okay,
1: so because kind of, so you're expecting their response or reaction, you kind of just prefer not to tell them. Yeah. Okay, which I can understand. Now you can understand people's reaction also comes from a place that, a realistic place that it's not easy to make it in music.
2: No, yeah, it's not. But um, I, I mean, I know some people who like. They're semi-famous, so it's like if you can do a song with them, it'll
1: be a, it'll like it'll help. So, have you, are you going to do a song with some people that are semi-famous? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, like I said, I don't know. You know, a lot of people want to become rappers and singers. A lot of people want to become athletes. Of course, some people do. So I don't know how realistic or unrealistic it is for you. Uh, I would always say it's good to to focus on your education at the same time. It's not going to be a, a bad thing. So I hope you can can focus on that too. But you know that that's not something I can control or your mom can control. My also another concern I have is when you talk about the the anger. A lot of times anger could be related to depression. Do you think you could be dealing with depression?
2: Uh, right now, probably no. Since I've been on the medication, but before, yeah.
1: Okay. So you felt like you were depressed before? Yeah. Okay, but you're not feeling that anymore? No. Okay. But the anger is something that's, you know, as, as you can already see, it's going to get in the way of your life if it continues in this way. Has it gotten you in trouble before?
2: Um, yeah, I think so. But, yeah.
1: Like in what ways?
2: Um, I don't know. At school, if I just get angry, like, at a teacher or a security guard or a staff member or a student. I
1: just get in trouble. Uh-huh. So, like, you'll overreact or you'll, you'll get upset?
2: Yeah, I guess. I, I, yeah.
1: Uh, in general, do you have issues with authority? Yes. Okay. So that, that, I mean, I could see that based on also how you talked about your dad makes sense, maybe you're angry with him, so you take that out on other authority figures as well. What's your relationship like with your mom? I mean, I don't
2: know. It's, We have a very bipolar relationship.
1: Okay. Well, so you guys, sometimes it's really good, sometimes it's really bad? Yeah. Okay. How would you describe her, though, like her personality?
2: Um...
1: I know she's listening, so I don't mean to put you on the spot, but just want to get an idea from you.
2: She's really... I I feel like her mind is really old school, but she is really, like, hardworking. Mm -hmm. Um... She's nice, but she has a temper herself, too, that can go off at any moment. Mm-hmm. And personally, I think she has her own sort of OCD just in a different way than I do.
1: I see. Is it your aunt from your dad's side that has it or your aunt from your mom's side?
2: It's my aunt from my dad's side. That's it. okay.
1: Because so you think your mom might have it, too. Okay, well, that, that could be going on. But I could see how even just having the, the tempers, both of you, things that get explosive and that's obviously can become an issue, so if you guys are good, it's good, but if things get bad, I'm sure it can get really ugly if you're both getting angry with each other. Um, So going back to that agreement that you were talking about, I think your mom doesn't have much of a choice in trying to control you. You know, the older you get, you're going to make your own decisions, but she can make up rules or boundaries that she thinks are fair for the home, Um, like definitely you can't smoke at home, Um, you know, if you smoke it at school, that's obviously unacceptable, things like that, but Neither he, she, or I can tell you what to do or not to do. You're going to make those choices. Um, I would say keep in mind that, you know, I know you don't like the therapy, you don't think it's helping. I hope you would go into therapy with someone you do like so you can even talk to your mom about that because the thing that makes therapy work is the relationship between the therapist and the client. And if you're not feeling good with the therapist, it's not going to work out. Now, it could just be you don't want to go to therapy at all, so you'll find a reason for anyone, but I would hope you find a therapist that you feel like you do like and actually give it effort and try to make things work.
2: Well, no, I mean, I, I like my current therapist. Okay. As a person and everything, it is. I feel like she's, she's not really helping.
1: Okay, and th- how long have you been seeing her? I uh, a few months. Okay. That's kind of new in therapy language, you know, so you haven't been seeing her that long. So then if you do like her, I would say, keep going, keep, you know, trying. Therapy is not one of those things that you go one time and all of a sudden, you know, you have these big moments and everything changes. Sometimes people expect that and it's not really like that usually. So I hope you give it some more time and and see what, what happens. So don't, you know, rush to that judgment about that. So keep going to therapy, keep taking the medication. Maybe the medication isn't enough or something needs to change there if you're as angry as you're getting. Um, Also, the way you talked about your OCD, I I can get that. It's not an easy thing to share with people, but the shame is going to hurt you more than sharing with people that are close to you over time. So that's something just to keep in mind that uh, the more you hide it, the more it'll cause you pain. But I get that it's not an easy thing to talk about. So I hope that over time you have some friends that you can Talk about it, even through your music, maybe you can talk about that. I mean, I'm sure you listen a lot of hip-hop. Even today, they'll, they'll talk a little bit more about mental illness, or at least there's a few songs that talk about that because it's a very real thing that people are dealing with. So it could even be something you do through your music. Expressing it through art can be good. But as I said before, I would hope you keep your focus on your education too because I know making it in music, maybe it's possible you make it and it's a, it would be a, a dream come true likely for you but we have to know that it's not always going to work out for us. and we have to be responsible to take care of ourselves. So I hope you'll keep the dream alive, but also keep your hard work alive in what you're doing. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So you can do both. It's not, it's not one or the other. Um, But uh, yeah, with your mom, I don't want to say you guys should definitely do that agreement. But like I said, if she's listening, she's not going to be able to control you. So I'd rather she has some kind of a, a kind of, agreement with you overall about how you guys handle things. Cause we're not going to stop you from doing what you're going to do, but you know, we got to keep an eye on how you're doing the anger. That's my bigger, I'm more concerned about your anger than the marijuana. And of course I know they can be related, but that's my bigger, bigger concern is the anger that's going to get you in bigger trouble. So I'm less worried about the weed getting you in trouble than the anger. So continue going to therapy, working on that look at the the medication if it needs to be changed maybe it's not enough or it's not the right one even though you said it's helping in some ways I do have to wrap up the show so um you know I wish we could have got to talk a little bit more but maybe you can call back another time and we can continue the conversation then
2: yeah okay
1: alright man. have a good one nice talking to you
2: alright you too
1: alright bye bye alright thank you to all the callers and listeners out there and thank you to Rahman here in the studio you've been listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Dalaqui have a wonderful day